0: welcome to cleveland moto a vintage motorcycle podcast by people who wrench and ride we'll be bringing you vin moto chat each week so sit back relax and crack a beer or play us over the speakers in your shop while working on your latest project cleveland moto here's your host phil waters
1: All right, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. Uh, it's been a while. We've been out of the studio, and we've been out enjoying our motorcycles. And as usual in Cleveland this time of year, the weather's turned sour, so we're back in the studio. The uh, There's been so much going on uh, in the world of motorcycles and in our own personal collections and our garages. Uh, it felt it's only fair to bring you guys in, bring you guys up to speed. The We're hoping that we have another amazing winter like we had last year which is the winter where you didn't need to park your bike all the bikes that are coming in for winter storage this year uh guys have brought their bikes in for winter storage and all we keep hearing is man i wish i would have kept it another week i wish i would have kept it another week and uh yeah we've been getting some damn good riding weather uh a little snow flurry here and there but hey man that's enough of the weather report the uh today in the studio we've got of course dustin elliott's running the Controls. I am here. Your humble narrator, Phil Water, as you Phil Waters as usual, and we got Mark McDermott. So, uh, Mark, Hello. how you doing? Good. Uh, Mark's our full time mechanic at Pride of Cleveland Scooters. You guys are going to be noticing in the future here. Uh, Pride of Cleveland Scooters is going to be changing its stripes. We've been working well out of the Menner store with our Cleveland Moto format, predominantly motorcycles, scooters on the side, and it's worked well for us. We've got so many more vintage motorcycles in for service because of that. And uh, both stores are just, there's not a week that goes by where we're not seeing a pile of motorcycles getting scared out of their garages. Bikes that haven't been ridden for three or four years are seeing the light of day again. And I consider that to be a big part of what we're doing.
0: Well, it seems like uh, it, as soon as somebody saw that, you know, hey, uh, this Pratt Cleveland Place and this Cleveland Motor Place, that they'll work on vintage bikes. Right. That uh, all of a sudden they came out of the woodworks and just came in. Yeah. And... Uh,
1: it's, I didn't know there were that many. Well, I really didn't know.
2: You hear it all the time, these guys bring in these bikes and they're like, you're the third person that's worked on this and you've, you're the only ones who have gotten it to run like it should. Right. And that feels awesome to hear. Um, although I, it usually means me having to deal with, uh, every guy <laughs> out there that had his hands on the bike before us, but we sort it out and get it running. And, uh, hear positive things back and that always makes you feel good
1: yeah the uh the funny thing is you know a lot of dealerships to this day a lot of dealers won't touch bikes that are earlier than 93 or 95 different dealerships have different policies we've kind of been different uh we are willing to work on anything we're willing to give it a shot we don't want to tell anybody no and and it's worked out great for us Uh, that's a fantastic business model too well the funny thing is you know I said we're going to do certain bikes. We're going to do the bikes we like. We're going to do the bikes that we have fun working on. But we've been seeing, okay, we've seen some Goldwings, right? <laughs> <laughs> a couple of Maximas, yeah, a couple of Maximas. Uh, <coughs> I what was in uh, the other day? I saw a shop that I a uh, bike in the shop I never thought I would see.
2: The Moto Guzzi V50.
1: Well, the V50 was strange. The other one was the uh, Yamaha Venture. Yes. Royale Touring Rig from the Stars.
2: Yes, that's the... Uh, Holy crap. The, we did the progressive uh, front end on it and the uh, taper bearing uh, steering conversion on it.
1: Yeah, and there, you, you got to take off a lot.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on that bike.
1: To get to where you want to start working, there's a lot that has to come off. Mm-hmm. And the first time... Now, I spend most of my days at the Menor store running that operation. And when I come over at, you know at night to check on the Lakewood store and I see a Goldwing parked in there... And I'm like, oh, my God, man, my guys are pushing this thing in and pushing this thing out, and what the hell's going on with it? And then I just keep seeing, you know, the customers want more, and they they want more, and they want more. And like, you know, well, I know there are guys that will work on Gold Wings, right? And the customers consistently are saying, <coughs> you know, yeah, they they might, or they're backed up, and they're happy with the work, and they're willing to pay for it. Right. And that's, you know, that's the combination that you need.
2: Well, then dealerships don't want to deal with the older bikes like you said uh why should they when they can charge top dollar to work on something that all their guys are trained to work on Mm -hmm. because they've spent all the money to send them to school right as opposed to all the guys that worked on these bikes previously are all retired yeah and it's that nobody
0: mentality there's
2: nobody left to work on them right so they hire the kids out of the, the schools and everything and they send them everybody to you know training for this and that Nobody knows how to work on a 1972 CB anything anymore.
0: Right. Well, the kids really know, you know, how to plug a computer dongle into a brand new motorcycle and let that computer tell them what they need to do. Yeah. And usually it's tell them specifically what parts they need to swap. Yeah. You have a faulty sensor. You have. Go after this, go after that. No computer, no dongle that you plug in is going to say, like, you know what, your points are out. Mm -hmm. Right. You need to set your points. Yeah. And yeah. as we be get, we've been getting deeper into the
1: Moto Guzzi's, we're getting Moto Guzzi motorcycles in that aren't even old. We're, you know, I had a, a V11 Sport come in that was a 93 or four. The bike came in, and it has not breathed a gasp of air and fired a cylinder in anger in at least seven years. And I have I went and got the computer programs to work on that bike so that we could plug it in and use the Italian diagnostic system on the bike, and it gave me every fault that you could get. It just, (laughs) literally, it just puked. And we had to go through and Did it do with a nice accent? Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) It's a
1: motorcycle. It's fucked up. It's a piece of shit. It's a
0: motorcycle. It's not working.
1: eh?" Your motorcycle thinks it's a piece of art, but... We had to go through and use a combination of old-style mechanics, meaning pull everything off, clean everything out, put everything back together again, start from zero. And this is a fuel-injected motorcycle, albeit an early fuel-injected motorcycle. Everything had to be cleaned. Everything was full of green slime and was rotten Mm. from the fuel tap all the way through the bike. Oil. Olive oil. uh, Yeah, it was a real bastard, man. (laughs) And... Now I understand why this customer has been through been to several other mechanics. They give up. Super frustrated. Brought in invoices where this guy spent $1200 at one place and they returned him the bike in non-running condition. Mm. And that's That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, that, that's right? Awful. You know, to say We've look, a
2: few of those. we're
1: taking $1200 of your money and your yeah. bike still doesn't run. So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a hard, tough beat. But enough about that. That that's the closest thing we're going to get to promoting our particular business. Um, but it just comes down to motorcycles want to be ridden. They
0: don't want to be pieces of they art. They don't want to sit. They don't want to sit. It's the
2: worst thing you can do to any yep. machine is and let it sit. And they make any, a really any good car, motor...
0: Any yeah. motorcycle, anything. It, I was don't let it sit. Ride it.
1: Reading a quote from Sohiro Honda, and it was a quote that was made in 1978, and it's amazing how appropriate the quote is today. That in 1978, he said, I can engineer a motorcycle. For speed, And I can engineer a motorcycle for economy, but I cannot engineer a motorcycle for neglect. And man, what a statement that right. is. Because you can't expect it. You can't expect to park a bike for three years right. and have it still be good. You know, not it's, when it's full it's a, of... That's a perfectly good statement. Yeah, it's full of harmful chemicals that, left to their own devices, will corrode and rot out
0: the metal that they're sitting well, in. Even more so nowadays with uh, you know, the ethanol and the gas and everything, mm. is it, it degrades a lot faster. sure in does. In
2: six months, you can have a gas tank sour.
0: Oh, yeah. right. I mean, if you leave your lawnmower full of gas right. from last year, yeah. and then you you try and... Fired up in the spring of the next year, it's not going to work. No, yeah. it's it's not going to happen because that gas has started to emulsify and started turning basically into turpentine. Yeah, it's going bad on you real fast. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you put some you know stable or seafoam or something in it, mm-hmm. you, you, I've had luck with that. Right. You know, and 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 that's just me kind of throwing my chips out there, thinking like, oh, I hope this happens next year. Right. Let's you know, yeah. Let's 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 hope that. Being a good dad is going to pay off in the long run. And I take the chance because yeah. I know I can fix the mower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know, like, it's I just the lawn mower. Like, oh, all fuck, right. it didn't start up. Yep. Okay, well, I'll, I'll drop the float pole off and clean everything out. It'll, it'll be fine. And we've all got interesting projects
1: going on. Dustin, what are you building right now?
0: Well, I'm still working on your uh, CB 750.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> and to say okay, when you say I'm still working on your CB 750, you stand
2: around looking at. it. So
1: this, yeah, this project, about,
2: thinking about working. on yeah. it. Yeah,
1: this thing is gone, undergone a transformation. You've heard us talk about this po- this bike in previous podcasts. This is the one that was painted, a rattle can with an aquamarine paint well, can. It, it was two bikes. It was two bikes. Yeah, right. it, was it was the was, one with the frozen motor. Right. Right. and One then it was the, then it was the aquamarine bike right so this bike has undergone a ridiculous transformation. We've got parts of the bike in the studio with us right now which is hilarious that we're sitting in the studio with uh, well I'm, I'm it was, keeping them down here so they stay nice they stay nice yeah. and, and the color green can only be described as like that Honda Bacchus olive green. From the early '70s bikes, but with about a pound and a half (laughs) of metal in it, (laughs) (laughs) it. this thing looks like a fucking fishing lure. And uh, Mark painted that. It looks and
0: Mark painted it. Mark painted it. it. The
2: best thing is it looks black at night.
0: At night it It looks black. It does. That's cool. (laughs) And if, if there's no light hitting it, it mm-hmm. looks black. The whole bike will look black.
1: Yeah. It's and not that's cool.
2: quite a flip-flop, but...
1: And you've cut the frame on the bike. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not just... This... I've done a lot of cutting and welding. I was going to say, that's... this is not a handlebars and seat cafe racing no,
0: project. No, 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 no. Not no, at all. It was uh, a full motor rebuild. Right. Um, uh, I, I, I actually cut the uh, the passenger peg supports off of a CB360 frame okay. yeah. to use as uh, rear set mounts. Wow. Because they man. just, they they actually, I, I measured everything. I had a, a CB360 frame just sitting in my garage. Right. And I had chopped off the passenger peg supports from the 750 frame. Right. And I was figuring out, I measured where I wanted my rear sets. Right. And I looked at the 360 frame and I measured it out and I was like, man, that is exactly where I want those. So you were able to salvage, com- like literally cut mm-hmm. chunks off of a CB360
1: frame. Mm-hmm. Weld them to your CB750 and use those as your rear set mounts. And they are in the perfect position. Because most people will just
0: use their passenger peg mounts off their CB750. They would would have been too far back. back. They're way too far back. Yeah, Yeah, way too far back. back. I mean, you're going to be in a really uncomfortable position at that point. And
1: then when it does come time to put your feet Mm -hmm.
0: down for a stop, it's a long way to go. Right. I mean, and and for anybody into the cafe racer thing, the, the just general rule of thumb for for rear set positioning, should be right under your ass. Yeah,
1: right under your ass. Otherwise, you do. You look like you're laying on. Like a jockey. Yeah, you're like yeah. Oh, you're like. Oh, really? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. You're like a jockey. Yeah. yeah. If you use the rear set location, and we've all done it, you're cruising down your bike. You're on a long straight piece of road. You, you put, put your, your, feet feet on on back back. your feet on the. You put your feet on the back just to stretch out a little yeah. bit, and you're like, "Yeah, this is actually, man, this is totally racer boy." Try riding in town, shifting in that position. <laughs> yeah, that no, is it not sucks. Light it's not fucking Plus, terrible. all your body weight's on your nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that is not good either. I mean that. Not that when gets you get tired. older. <laughs> no, it <laughs> gets tired <laughs> real quick.
0: Yeah, right. When With, you start having more nuts to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first setup I had on my 350 was way too far, way too high, and too far back. Yeah. I couldn't ride your your 350. No, I, I remember yeah. you got on it. I got on ride it. Ride. I was like, I can't even ride this yeah, man.
1: These no, were touching. I'm your too elbows.
0: tall. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't ride. It was but, unsafe. Yeah. The new rear sets I have on there now are great. They were great. Yeah. yeah they're much better. Yeah. I mean, it, actually, for for me, my, my body type, just and, and that's the thing. When you build a cafe racer, you really need to take into consideration your size, your stature, yeah. your body type. You're building a bike for you, you know, yeah. what's your inseam? You know, y- you do need to actually think about those ergonomics, not right. just like I'll throw these here, I'll throw that there, I'll put dents here, and then boom, I got a cafe racer, right? You know, because that that's not really a racer for you. Yeah, You know, you judge it towards yourself. So I, you know. Well, that's
1: what I like about what you're doing with the project. Because your project really is, as custom of a custom build, is you're going to get. Because it is truly being built mm-hmm. to your standard. And we are looking at a bike that was original CB750 mass production motorcycle. And through creative use of cutting and welding. This bike is changing its whole stature. It's going to change pretty much everything about it, keeping the good parts of the engineering, the
2: engineering, yeah,
1: and making it better for you. So that's pretty kick-ass. Are you doing anything different with the front suspension on that bike?
0: Not so far. What about the brakes? Uh, Brakes are going to be pretty well stocked so far, too. Uh, You know, it's going to kind of metamorphosize. You know, it's as as the bike gets rolling and you know running and stopping and Mm -hmm. you know I'll I'll figure out different things here and there. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe swap out to you know some newer progressive springs in the front. Maybe do uh, cartridge emulators up front. Because mm-hmm. I know uh, the ones that Mike's XS makes yeah. for the XS650s will fit the 750 yes, uh, yeah. Hondas as well. Yeah. So it's all, all that once the bike gets on the road and can be road tested. Sure. I'll be able to figure more of that out. Yeah. the uh, One of the things is Dustin couldn't be
1: bothered to go on eBay and buy a seat, uh, a Cafe Racer seat. He couldn't go be bothered to buy a fiberglass pan from XYZ Incorporated or whatever. I bought
0: one in my life. <laughs> I bought one. Yeah. And when I bought it, I said I will never, ever buy another seat again, even though it was a great seat. It right. was from Sean at Rock City Cafe sure. Racers. It was a fantastic seat. Right. I felt bad that I had to buy it because I was building a bike for myself, and right. I felt the need that I needed to build the seat to. Right. But when I was making my 350, it, I just got down to the point where I needed a seat. And I was like, Sean makes great stuff. I'm just going to buy sure. it. Sure. But I promised myself that the next bike that I built, right. I would make the seat. Yeah. And the seat is a masterpiece.
1: Uh, <clears throat> one of my favorite things about the seat is the whole tail, the whole fucking the bum ass st- of the bike. The, the bump stop. Bum stop. <laughs> is the front fender off of a Vespa P200. And when you can, and once again, it's salvaging, it's reappropriating, mm-hmm. it's cutting and welding. And, and you, it flows. And it flows. Beautiful. It just flows. It follows the line of the tire. It does. I, it it's, looks it's so amazing. good on the
0: bike. It's ridiculous. It is. Um, there's oh, going to be a when it's serious? on the bike. It looks like it. That it yeah. looks like that. That's the seat that should have been, on, the been bike. on there. And, and there's
2: it's... no chance of that thing cracking. No.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't no. care who sits on yeah. that thing. And they, anybody's they Vespa
1: but P200 is in danger of losing their front fender <laughs> yeah. because I could take a Sawzall. Are there I any
2: could... Vespa 200s with good front fenders? Right. That's a good point. They've all been running to the garage wall. So.
1: But I could take a Sawzall, and I could have myself everything I need to make a bump stop seat now in about five minutes off yeah. of a Vespa mm-hmm. parked in front of the house. The uh, But it works out really good. It's all welded steel. It's no bullshit, no
0: fiberglass. This, it's a gorgeous seat pan. I mean, yeah, it's, it it's it about looks... 15 bucks worth of 16-gauge uh, steel from Lowe's. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is the it is truly
1: the cat's ass. It's so uh, it makes me mine. so proud to see it. It looks fucking awesome. It really well, looks Well,
0: uh, Mark and I made a fiberglass mold of it, right? So we yeah, can, so copy can it, replicate but, yeah.
2: it. After making doing fiberglass seats though, and seeing that one, I'm like, I'm never gonna make another fucking fiberglass seat again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why? No, man. After doing that one, I was. Yeah, I mean, the bends I, I, on
2: it though. I mean, it's like perfect. The The, bends the, radi- on it the radius in the bends yeah. and the bends and everything on it's just yeah. spot
1: on. Yeah, you would never know that uh, that a guy that had. Virtually no welding experience and virtually no metal bending experience. I probably
2: did less body work on that seat than right. on the gas tank I painted on his three <laughs> sixty. Isn't that something?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. But that sheet metal, honest to god, that sheet metal work is right on the money, man. You should be very proud of that. Ground
2: down a couple welds and,
1: and shot it. That yeah, was it? It's it's really freaking amazing. Uh,
0: I made a sheet metal break out of. Uh, uh, just random pieces of metal that I picked out of the back of the truck yeah. from the guy that came and replaced my garage door. Oh, okay. So yeah. <laughs> he he looked around my garage. He's like he's like, "I see your uh you're definitely into building stuff. I'm right. like, yes, I am. He goes, well, I don't keep an inventory on anything in the back of my truck, so you nice. just go in there and take what you want. So you just built your own metal brake. Oh okay, yeah, so he was he was working on my garage. I'm just digging out scrap metal. <laughs> so I made I made a metal brake with a bunch of screws, you know, a bunch of bolts, and uh, you know, just some angle iron, some big iron, big eye angle iron, yeah, for building garage door supports. Pretty much, nice. yes. Yeah. that's and brilliant and, and hammer. <laughs> that's the requisite. Yeah.
1: Okay, Mark. Now, Mark, you've got a project going. That is fucking mental. Yeah. The uh, the project you're doing is is something that we've all kind of joked about in the past, and it's, nobody's really ever done it.
2: Well, I I kind of see it as the the my evolution, I guess. The next thing I want to do, um, I'm taking one of my CB 500s, 1972 CB 500, and I'm well, I already have whacked off the whole rear end, and we're gonna bodge the suspension off of a uh, 1996 Suzuki GS500 mm-hmm. onto it. So we're going to incorporate the box swing arm, the monoshock, the disc brakes front and back uh the front suspension which it won't be an up and down won't be an inverted front end mm-hmm. i'd like to do an inverted front end but the, okay. money, the money just isn't there right so and yeah. i have
0: those the, get pricey. Yeah.
2: well i have the front end now so
0: yeah plus Use using the
2: the, the under over configuration i'm still going to kind of have that vintage look up front yeah although i'm probably going to run the mags on it uh-huh. just because i'd like to do the spoke wheels but the uh, uh, back wheel, you're looking at 500 bucks to do that setup on on the sure. back, and the money just isn't there. So.
1: No, uh, it's that's not a good 500 bucks. Well, and there's either. something really good about keeping it cheap and using the found materials too,
2: right? And yeah,
1: because you're using so the whole front of this bike, the whole frame neck is all CB 500. All of it, all the way back. You go back now. <clears throat> you've got no shock mounts on the back anymore. Those are all gone. That gone. whole back part of the, the rear triangle gone. Yeah, okay, and you've got your what is essentially a full floater rear suspension right. single shock in your box section swing arm right mounting up now you built a plate on the back of your frame
2: uh we're gonna well dustin's gonna be getting into that he's gonna uh weld in my uh the top shock mount mm-hmm. uh, i'm not gonna be able to use the shock that's on the bike because of uh the length i'm gonna have to shorten it up a little bit okay. to, to get the proper angle. Um, so that's pretty much the only thing I'm changing on the back is going to be the shock itself, and the fact that I'm overslinging the shock as opposed to the GS was underslung. underslung. exactly. But I can't make the underslung work because I don't have the room. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to oversling it. Therefore, I need a shorter shock. Got to have a shorter shock. Um, yeah. So I'm not jacking the sh- uh, shock up into my back.
1: And you'll still have a lot more travel with that than you ever would with the stock suspension. Right. That's pretty fantastic.
2: And then, obviously, the uh, everything from about six inches back from the <clears throat> middle of the bike has been cut off. Right. Uh, it's going to require hooping the top section. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much going to be a naked bike from there under all the way back. Right. And it looks like I stretched a thing three inches. That's but what I was going to say. I, but I, I did saw it. your pictures. I did not. The, yeah. the stock swing arm and the GS swing arm, there's like maybe a half inch difference in the length. Wow. But, but without you the, all that stuff yeah. back there, it, sure it looks like really it's
1: stretched. looks stretched. It really looks stretched.
2: And it's going to be pretty much a naked bike. I'm not putting anything back on it that doesn't need to be there.
1: Right. So it's going to give that appearance even more. Right. But still keep really excellent geometry, too.
2: And keep the vintage look. And that's great. That's one of the things I, I'm trying to maintain. Yeah.
1: And when people look at it. They're going to immediately go. They're going to see that inline four cylinder motor, right. overhead cam motor, which is so distinctively an early seventies motor. And what does this thing? It starts as and, a CB500 and it fades and back. It what turns the hell is it? Sport <laughs> <bike. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: What is that thing? Yeah,
1: it's the. I mean, we've always talked about like, oh, let's let's take a an H2 and put it in a ZXR or chassis or whatever. And like, this really is this is well, I, as vintage I, of a bike seen, you're going to get.
2: I've seen a few of them here and there on a, one of the forums we go to do the mm-hmm. ton. Yeah. And you see them and uh th- th- honestly the engineering to do it isn't isn't right. that complex. It's mostly spacers and this and that. If you've got a caliper, right. a tape measure and a bike that you can use Cut as a up. donor. Right. Um you can do it. It's yeah. it's not this isn't rocket science. The engineering's all been done. Mm-hmm. You just got to r- replicate it.
1: Right. And take it and this part that the factory got right, and made it to this part that the other factory got right.
2: And these bikes, uh, being a Honda and a Suzuki, they, it is. And I was telling Dustin earlier on the CB1. It's amazing how these parts are so interchangeable. Oh
0: yeah, and fork swaps. Oh, between yeah. so interchangeable. Well, I mean, I I have a Kawasaki front end right. on my three fifty. Right. You know, exactly. It's, it's it's a it's a ninety five Ninja front end on a seventy one Honda. Right. And. It's, <laughs> it, it, it took a few bearings. Yeah. And t- and seriously, that's weird. Like mm-hmm. the fact that it goes together that
1: smoothly with just measuring your bearings and ordering the bearings that are yeah. going to work and in they're that situation. All available. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's available. There's so many different oh, sizes. It,
0: and and uh, it, you know, before I did that, uh, you know, All Balls didn't have a bearing calculator, but now right. they have a whole site or, or a whole portion of their website right. of front end swaps. Yeah. You know, you know, you go what in and you, what? you right. plug in, like, I have the front end from this, and I want to swap it to that. And then it tells you what bearings of theirs right. you need to and order. And they had yeah. to have the data anyway yeah. because they had to measure all these front
1: ends to right. make it work. Well, they had to measure the insides and, and the outsides. we were talking
2: mm-hmm. about earlier. It's all in a catalog It's somewhere. All on a catalog It is. they somewhere, don't have it, it, Granger right. does.
0: Right. <laughs> Granger, Granger <laughs> can get it for you. Right. Yeah. And they That's probably exactly didn't right. have to measure shit. They just had to look up, you know, diagrams, part numbers, right. numbers you yep. know. It's so true. Okay, I mean, most of them have a thirty millimeter inner diameter. Exactly. Right. There's consistency among yeah. the Japanese bikes, so it's yeah. nice and easy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and start I, with that.
2: And as a side note, I uh, we will be doing a lot of motor work to that by like a uh, three millimeter overboard. Oh, really? Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah. Valves. Mm-hmm. Heavy-duty clutch. I'm looking for a cam, if anybody's got if one. If anybody's <laughs> sitting on a <laughs> Honda 500 cam. I'll put so, that out there. Right. I need a high-lift cam. Do not 500
0: Doing the kibble white valves?
2: Yeah. We're nice. going to do the kibble white valves, uh, the heavy-duty springs, mm-hmm. and the clutch upgrade for that bike. Because if anybody out there owns a 500, oh, yeah.
0: they know. the Yeah. You bend that rod in a second. Yep. You, know,
2: you, you need a pocket full of lift rods, yep. and you need the uh, Honda... Uh, recall kit on that, but they're no longer available.
1: They're, not longer, yeah. they're <laughs> not no longer available. Not since about 1975. <laughs> yeah. And just about every CB500 I've run, uh, we had a customer bring one into the shop that had, let's see, we've seen two or three interesting CB500s. The one most interesting one was the one that the guy bought the day he got back from Vietnam. He bought it brand new at the dealership. Uh, beautiful bike, green CB500, and just... If I rolled this into your shop, you would swear to God this bike came out of the Barber Museum. It was that perfect, down to the four and the fours. Nice. Nothing on the bike was wrong. Nothing on the bike was tarnished or discolored or dirty. 39,000 miles. So there's a lover of his motorcycle yeah there's a guy rides who it truly loves his bike and he rides it
0: yeah and we get on the bike and it, it, it's uh, you know again going back to what you yeah. know mark was saying earlier about you know the bikes don't last if you don't ride them right if that dude didn't ride that bike, it
2: wouldn't look like it that would, it wouldn't yeah. perform like that and he's a guy yeah.
0: that does every time he rides it he
1: cleans it
2: we see it all He the takes time. great
1: care of it I'm, even a, a couple hundred miles yeah. a year
2: Mm -hmm. We see it all the time. Take it out.
1: 39,000 miles, you know? I mean, this is a damn near 40-year-old bike, or it is a 40-year-old bike, so he's got 1,000 miles a year on it. That's what it took to keep this bike running cherry. I went through. The carbs were remarkably (coughs) clean. You know, legitimately, it needed a set of points. It needed a new condenser. And... It needed new rubber because you the... should have sold him on a Pamco. Well, this is the interesting <laughs> thing: is I tried to sell him on a Pamco. He didn't
0: want it. He didn't want no, it. He, he knows points. his points. Yeah, he, he will... can clean the points. He can clean he the, can the, points. the points. That was yeah, his whole story. But you yeah. throw a Pamco on it, you don't have to worry. about it. I know. It. I believe me. You don't worry about it at all. You said it and forget it. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's, yeah, it is. Uh, it is one of those things. Super duper owner, great customer, and but clutch slipping like mad. Oh, yeah! You throw any amount of power at the thing, it's going to slip like crazy. you mm-hmm. uh, probably had the original corks in there. Well, and you also... Uh, I think you said it had one new clutch put in it since he owned it. Yeah, it's You ride like... Emmy CB500, you ride my CB500, you throw any kind of hard living at them, they slip. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they slip through the Well, clutch. it's the original cork... Uh, you know, well that was the the kit
2: that Honda issued. Mm. It was uh heavier, heavier plates, heavier
0: plates, yeah. and heavier springs. Yep,
2: which are all available now. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So I, I mean, I've I've done I did that to my gold bike, mm-hmm. and I can beat on that clutch all day long. Yeah, and it's but, fine. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah. every once in a while, I will. Most people probably wouldn't feel it, right. but I will. Um, you feel it? You know, it's, oh, a little clunky right there. Right, uh, and then you know, right away in my mind after I've snapped three of them <laughs> the lift rod i'm like right. okay i just snapped the lift, I, rod. Snapped the lift I, rod. Rod. I get to the light i'm like oh okay <laughs> it's okay we're okay it's back uh, here we go second gear okay there, yeah, there we're is. all right <laughs>
0: yeah so you know, yeah i dumb. put all the barnet parts yeah. on uh, my 350 and uh you know they're 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 newer the the corks are newer oh yeah everything were. uh you know and they were in great and I mean I, I know know what you mean about uh just the clutch slippage but you know having those newer parts on there yeah. definitely help against that the uh to shift gears into the affordable bike segment
1: as opposed to the high maintenance or vintage bike segment you guys have heard on this podcast people who've listened will hear me go on about these uh 400s I love 400 four cylinders I'm Fucking crazy for him. I love them like nobody's ever loved them You know, I had a you know I had a CBR 400R Japanese domestic market for Merit. She loved the bike, revvy as hell. And uh, so I have sitting in my garage for years and years and years. a CB one, uh, four hundred that ran headlong it. into the back love of an Amish that buggy. Motorcycle. Okay, love it, and it got damaged eight ways from Sunday. So it's been sitting and sitting and sitting and getting older. And getting older and getting older, and this year we're down at AMA Vintage Days, and Dustin opens his mouth and
0: says, "What?
1: You know what I'd really like? <laughs> we,
0: we were we were riding around on, uh, on on scooters and uh, looking at stuff, and I saw CB One, and I said, Phil." If you ever get a hold of one of those, or if you can ever get one of those cheap enough, I would love to have yeah, a CB1. Of feels like,
2: oh, I happen to have one of those. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is, just, it, that's exactly happen what happened. To,
2: just as it happens. As funny yeah. as you should mention that, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> that is exactly what happened,
0: Mark. I, I looked uh-huh. at it, I fawned over it, and I was like, oh, man, if you ever find one of those, you ever get one of those for a good price, I would oh, love to Oh, by the way, Phil, one. if you
2: ever find a GBX. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. In decent shape. That's a, solid, that's a good ask. Uh, the, so uh, anyway, the CB1. Well, so
1: he, he mentions it, and I was like, well, Dustin, you've got your chocolate in my peanut butter. Because as it so <laughs> happens, I have a CB1 that needs Dustin. Dustin needs a CB1. I have a CB1 that needs Dustin.
2: Kismet. This it's, th- it's yeah, It is kismet. It, it is. And definitely it, needed me. And it
1: needed Dustin. It needed somebody to put some energy at it. And literally resurrected from the death that it suffered running into the back of an Amish buggy at 70 miles an hour. Yes. And so Dustin got it. Now, first of all, it didn't have a CB1 front end on it. No. When it, you got it, see, the problem is. It had a Hawk th- GT front end. So this bike came into my life a long time ago. And now, when we say long in the motorcycle world, 13 years. It was 13, yeah. Years, yeah, ago 13 years, years, years ago that I came across this bike. So 13 years ago. In fact, I had a Polaroid of it, to tell you how old <laughs> that was. I had a Polaroid of this motorcycle hanging from the noose because the Amish family that I bought it from... the, the With
0: the, the, yok- the, the front-end old... Bent the Yoders. what did
2: they they owned it after that well, the, it yeah, became part of their it buggy right
0: exactly it was, it, was, <laughs> it was part of the Borg it uh, had been
1: assimilated by their buggy. Well, the guy that I bought it from is a Yoder it's obviously former yamish fam, um, a formerly Amish family, and his one of his businesses beside his giant farm he had, was he processed deer, okay, so when we went to get this bike, it was hanging in the deer shed now the deer shed is bigger than any of our garages, right the deer shed. Inside the deer shed is probably no less than a thousand sets of antlers hanging from the walls and maybe nine or 10 deer carcasses. So just a little creepy. Being processed. <laughs> and when I say the word processed, cannibal <laughs> lectors, yeah. wet dream, right? So just right? a little creepy. There's deer bodies hanging everywhere in various states of undress. Gut piles. It was a mess. You didn't
2: think you were going home. But yeah, but <laughs> hanging
1: from the rafters on a frigging spreader bar was this CB1 front end up in the air and Merritt and I go in. Now you remember my wife is, you know, okay. She quit eating animals cause she likes them. Yeah. Right. And we go into this place <laughs> and it is horror show. And the guy goes in and he goes, well, I don't know if it'll run. I don't know anything about it. You know, whatever. And I said, well, go get the title. I got to at least check to make sure it has a title before I buy this bike off. you. Yeah, he runs the house to go get the title. I turn the key on this thing and it press up. the button, it lights <laughs> up. And it's just like, woo,
0: yeah. woo. And it's, yeah, it sounds ex-
1: really that's good. That's exactly how the bike sounds, yeah. too. Yeah. It's just like, wee, 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 It's just right up on the money. It's got an oh. Ontario pipe on it. So somebody put a decent pipe on it. And the guy comes back with a title. We negotiate a price. Merit's pushing while I'm carrying the front end of the bike because it was so folded under, the pipes, The, literally, the front wheel was wedged between the pipes and completely potato chipped big groove in the front wheel you unrollable get the thing in the back of my van which is a battle get it home and back then there wasn't the eBay resource there wasn't what right. we have today to build right. a bike there was no uh, craigslist i didn't have a cell phone yeah. you know i found this thing in the trade and times or the penny saver right and i had started ordering parts for it and i got you know some here some there whatever and i had completely forgotten 13 years i had forgotten every part i may have ever gotten for it so we make the decision that dustin's going to get this thing we pick it up we throw it in the back of the truck we got to roll it around on a skateboard the front wheel cuz you know everything's still fucked up and i just start giving him parts and i'm like okay well here's a brake here's a here's huge a brake yeah, yeah, yeah. caliper i got know for it in there. here's yeah. a wheel i got for it here's a, this well i remember now in retrospect dustin's like Everything you gave me is for a GT-650 Hawk. Yeah, it was all GC- GT-650 <laughs> Hawk <laughs> All the front end. <laughs> well, I des- I, I yeah. remember that I decided that because they were interchangeable,
0: it's right, really uh, hard to find right, CB-1 right, right. front end, yeah. but a GT-650 Hawk front end is easier to come bike. up with. The funny thing was I rebuilt the forks on it, and I didn't need to. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, the stanchions were destroyed. No, they were fine. No, they were bent. No. Oh, no, the- you, you would put a GT-650 Hawk front end on it. Right. You just finger tightened yeah, it on sorry. there exactly which no, i the, which the, i thought was weird because when i took the front end off i was like damn that's not tight no at i just all. slipped it in there yeah but the uh all the cb1 stuff was folded yeah the cb1 degrees. stuff yeah. was folded yeah. but i i took the cb1 yeah. stanchion tubes yeah. you gave me right. and i rebuilt those folks. oh you rebuilt them no they were <laughs> yeah, nice yeah, those, those they were fine. fine yeah they were fine oh well but, so they're,
1: they're double fine now they're double fine now <laughs> so who now in addition to phil waters loves
0: cb1s I do, mm. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I did. I put a ton of work into that bike because mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. I had to replace the clutch perch. the uh, The headlight bucket was destroyed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There were uh, the petcock, seventy was, mile an hour collision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just sitting there with all the bad fuel in 13 it. Thirteen years of sleep. yeah. Yeah, thirteen years of sitting the peckcock was rotted out. The fuel tank was disgusting. Oh that, yeah. That yeah. took me about three runs with uh, a yeah. milkstone remover mm-hmm. to get all the fuel out of it. I had to rebuild the carbs. Mm-hmm. I mean it was a lot of work. Oh yeah. But once that thing came to life, it was so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> the critical moment. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. first the first little journey I took on that bike just 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 around my neighborhood. Right. You know, just like oh just go out there and see what she's got mm, yeah so it's like it's like oh she's got a lot oh yeah she's got a lot so i i got home and then i actually threw my gear on oh yeah and i'm like i'm gonna go really see what she has go now yeah and the, the bike is hilarious because <laughs> it's it's a six-speed transmission i mean it's basically it's a 400f super oh, yeah. sport yeah and uh uh you can do like and yeah i'll say i've done it um about eighty miles an hour in second gear, yeah, it's an infinite r p m range <laughs> yeah it's it's thirteen five red line, yeah, uh so yeah, you can do about you know seventy five eighty miles an hour in in second gear but <laughs> but, but but you can also do twenty five miles an hour in sixth gear, yeah, isn't it weird, yeah. It's an impossible motorcycle. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've ridden the bike to work a ton of times, so I'm mm. riding in rush hour traffic. Yeah, so I'm just shifting like crazy. That's all I right. do is shift. That's it's, all you it's do. Like is up, shift. up, down, up, down, yeah. up, down, up, down. And and I'll take off from I'll slow down to twenty five. I'm still in six. And then, <laughs> and then it, the traffic picks up, and then I just kind of roll on the throttle. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Just you know, lug, it it out it's, yeah, lug it out of yeah, six. Just lug it out of six. Lug <laughs> it out of six. It's okay. Oh man. It
1: <laughs> does. It, it engineers does it mind. are crying. We'll lug it.
2: We'll lug it out of fifth here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the engineers and the race team but that's but, kind of the technology that you get when you have a 400cc racing mm-hmm. class you
0: know it's amazing it is you know? it's a crazy bike and man. I'll tell you what doing like 80 yeah. in second gear on that bike yeah. it's, is intoxicating. It's bizarre running that thing up to redline. Getting that, I I had to do it the one day it, it, yeah. and this is after I put about 150 miles on it. Yeah. I wasn't going to do that after just waking it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I rode it around really nice and I babied it and I took it to work and back and it was okay. You know, but uh, you know, one day I was leaving my mom's house and I'm just like, you know, this thing's already been through a proper shakedown. Yeah. yeah. I got about a quarter mile run See how fast she'll go. Right. So first gear is nothing in yeah. that bike. First gear, you're like, yeah, mm. done. It's a second and a you half, know? man. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it just goes wing and then you shift. Right. And then I hit second and I'm just like, I'm holding this to red light. Yeah. And I was at about at, at about 13.5. I was at about 80 miles an hour. It's the craziest it motor. Believable. unbelievable. Yeah. It is. And it, it wakes up. It's a it, bonkers motor. Between five and six grand, that motor just explodes. Yeah, it goes to the next spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really. And, the, and then it shoots up from there. Yeah. And it just, it just, it's like this explosion of amazing yeah. that happens. Yeah. The
1: uh, RCB, our CBR 400R was the exact same thing. Now, that was a bike that had the variable valve timing. Right.
2: So, oh, yeah, you had the VTEC of yeah, The VTEC.
1: <laughs> and so that bike would, that bike had a pronounced a very pronounced shift when the variable valve timing would engage, it was like somebody just gave you horsepower mm-hmm. for free. And it made the bike feel like some of those early generation turbos, mm-hmm. except for the fact that this one, you knew when it was coming on. Right. You, you knew every single time it's coming on, and when it comes on, you better be hanging on. Yeah. That little 400 is going to embarrass you. And it was fun. It was a great bike to honk around on. And the ergonometry, I mean, like the ergonomics of this bike fit great they feel really cool the bike feels fantastic when you're riding it that's 1990 technology right yeah i mean we're not talking a cutting-edge new motorcycle and that's kind of this argument that people get into about how amazing the newest new r6 is well realistically
2: that bike was already built 20 years ago yeah this is a Mm -hmm.
1: motorcycle it's 20 plus years old and it's just fantastic.
2: Those, those late 80s, early 90s superbikes, though, the, those things were just phenomenal. I mean, obviously, nothing compared to what they're running now. Right. But for the time, they were just, you were just like, holy shit. We
1: had the power back then. Yeah. We weren't good at controlling it. We couldn't put it to the ground we safely. Pa- yeah,
2: put it to the pavement. We couldn't
1: stop it right. But like we an old, an old ZX7 right. or yeah. a ZX11. Yeah.
2: Mm- uh, no wicked. fucking way yeah
1: wicked, you couldn't but, yeah. keep them on the ground, no, keep they on the
2: ground. Were, <laughs> yeah, actually they were on the ground many times <laughs> the, that was the they problem. were in their natural state that crashed. was the problem yeah <laughs> you couldn't that's exactly transfer the how power they were. The ground so now that's one of those things if
1: you're out there in bike buying land and you want to get seriously an inexpensive unharnessed power crazy bike a fun looney tunes little tiny lightweight bike buy a cb1 or an old fzr 400 yeah. Because those things are just fun as hell. The, the definition of the term pocket rocket. Right. Because they were just geared just for it, to it too. rocket. Yeah, they're yeah. really silly. And uh, it puts a huge smile on your face. And when you go in back into your garage and you go, okay, well, that's my CB350. And that's 50 cc's more. And the amount of real estate between mm-hmm. the two. When we're talking about yeah. RPM, we're talking about horsepower, we're talking about Actual usable Everything. speed. <laughs> yeah. The amount of
0: miles per hour you can go safely. It's insane. I mean, it really is wacky. I will say, though, that my CB350 does stand up to that. Sure. It it, it will stand up to that uh, 400. Yeah, well. Because when, when I, I hadn't ridden my cb
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Wait a second. For... You've just been riding the CB1, haven't
0: you? I've been riding the CB1, but we went out on the gentleman's ride. Yeah, the yeah. gentleman's ride. And yeah. on, uh, on the 30th of September... And I, I had to bust out the, the old bike for yeah, that, for the, and uh, I, was, I was really happy with the performance of that motorcycle. Yeah.
1: You oh, know, use it's, the it's, podcast.
0: Use the listeners. What parts are you still looking for for the CB1? For the CB1, I need a front fender. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I need the front fender and the front fender carrier, the little metal cage that goes yeah. under the front fender. Um, I will settle for a hawk front fender sure because it'll fit the front it'll fit end the bike end. yeah it'll fit yeah, the front I, end that's that's all I need and, the, and <laughs> then, then we can get the paint sorted then we, out right because
1: right now it's uh, the color blue that they came in they all came in a, a very yeah, unfortunate it, color of blue Well, in the
0: US they were blue or black right uh, and,
1: boy I don't know that I've seen a black one yeah I they had the black all one all we got US. was blues
0: we got but, blue and black in the US okay And uh, everywhere else got blue, black, and the Japanese market only red. Red. I like the the red. The bike that we have
1: had been custom painted red, and then somebody had hand-done the CB1
0: logo on the tank beautifully. And it's perfect. And it's perfect. So keep it red. Yeah. No, it's staying red. Yeah, yeah, the they When they crashed it, they wrecked the tailpiece. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> when they crashed it, they didn't <laughs> not wreck much. Yeah, legitimately that's true. seventy miles an hour into the back of an Amish buggy. Fortunately, the tank was perfect. I know, isn't that weird? There's one ding from yeah. the handlebars in the yeah. tank, but yeah. whatever. That's a little, little dab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, little little. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's actually it's not even a dent in the tank. It's just a ding in the paint. That's, right. That's yeah. why so. we can't
2: let Amish people ride motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. So we'll
0: we'll, we'll fix that. And uh, we're going to paint match the tailpiece. Yeah. Because you got the new tailpiece for right. it. Right, We got the new tailpiece. And yeah. then we just need to get a fender that we'll have to paint match for it, too. And then right. we get have an all red Japanese market only cb That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. They're, I mean, it's just such a neat bike. And, you know, someone's going to buy that and love the hell out of it. I don't know that we'll ever sell
1: it. It's I, one of those things I, that we... I don't need, know if we ever will either. We uh, might not need to sell it. Uh, I, I might have to keep borrowing it. Private, yeah, exactly. Private collection. It might need to just become part of the permanent collection, yeah. and yeah. we just kind of go like, oh, you want to ride this for a week? Go yeah. ahead. You know? It's yeah. one of those ones that... It's such a visceral bike, it and it's... always welcome in my garage. It's going to always have a spot for <laughs> it in my garage. And the one thing that's kind of cool about it is I don't care what motorcycle you're riding now, this is different than that. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... I...
0: Seriously, it is unreasonably cool. It's,
2: well, no, it's, it's, just just bikes a, that is just—it is a stupidly a different feel to it. cool <laughs> motorcycle. Yeah, even the you know? the, right.
0: the older 400
2: SS, mm-hmm. they yeah. feel so much different than like a 360. Yes, they do. Or the 500. Right. That bike, when I'm riding that 400 SS, at 74 yeah. for yeah. 76, that you have, yeah. um, it is just such a different feel than yeah. other bikes.
1: They had something weird. You and even the the journalist at the time when they said it, they were I like, noticed it. Yeah, they said that this is a cafe racer they they said it they said there's something about this bike on paper it shouldn't be different than the 350f right on paper it shouldn't be that different than a lot of other bikes but really it's not just the shape of the tank it's not just the shape shape of the seat this bike feels different and to this day it is one of the least powerful motorcycles that i ride but it's one of the motorcycles that i still feel like i ride the best
0: right I feel you like had that, that on the bike, dragon last time. Yeah,
1: I feel like yeah. that's my favorite bike for the dragon. Yeah. Because I can work that bike in four gears on the dragon. You can push it to the limit. And it never makes and me it's not feel to your scarce. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it it feels like for some reason me and it and I've got a couple of them. You sync up.
0: And they feel good. Like they, they just see feel the good past to me. four years on the yeah. dragon, like next year. Mm-hmm. I want to take the CB one. Take the CB one. I want the CB one yeah. on the dragon, yeah. Because well, I, I'm going to need a proper fork brace for it. Well, you're going to need also life insurance policy. Yeah, it's true.
2: And right. full leather. because
0: full I'm other. Other. <laughs> I will want to push that.
1: I know what's going to so happen. Far, yeah. When when you have got that kind of a rev range yeah. on the dragon, where it really is a three gear run, mm-hmm. and you've got that kind of rev ceiling. It's there's going go. to be some very high corner speeds it's, it's going to be go time yeah yep yeah we're gonna have to make sure all of your uh yeah your my yeah.
0: affairs are in order make sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> everybody go in your garage and tag dust and
0: shit before you <laughs> <Tennessee. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> i, I want, want this i want that yeah. right oh, very very be cool a, an amazing bike on the dragon though what i'd like
1: to talk about for a couple of seconds is there's a lot of really amazing new bikes coming out and, Big time. Uh, we're finally going to get the CB1100F. And that bike, they never stopped production. It's been going, just been getting improved fuel injection. And it's coming to America. It's going to be right around ten grand, And it's a beautiful motorcycle, just by any standards. It's a great bike. Uh, just like that, uh, what was it? Was it that? The Kawasaki ZRX11 10 years ago? Yeah. That came out in, I mean... They they went retro on their style, but their technology was there. The swing arm was great. The suspension was great. I think we're going to see a lot of the same things with the CB1100F. Uh, A little late in the game because everyone's going cafe, obviously. Uh, This is tapping into that market. Dead solid motorcycle. The question is, okay, we don't have any shortage of CB1000Fs and CB1100Fs. From the 80s <laughs> you know right, they're yeah. still out there man if you got a thousand dollars burning a hole in your pocket you can pick yeah, up a handful right of now. amazing cb1100 <laughs> <laughs> so the bike's not that different with the fuel injection uh obviously modern suspension but the suspension was never bad on the old cb1100 f's uh they were powerful motorcycles even though they were in that sort of early 80s state of california epa friendliness but you could do a lot with them so it's really neat to see that uh, CB1100F coming to our market. Now, they're not going to mess around with the CB750F. It looks like they they have no intention of bringing that in. That's over. a
2: shame, too, because I, you would think that would be the next thing after, if they open up the market to the 1100 Right, they would get into a, <clears throat> a smaller bore bike. Yeah. But... Uh, it's a huge for guys like me that 1100 is a big
0: bike
1: it's a huge bike so it's a really big bike big time if you look at some of the youtube videos of uh guys one of the best ones i found was uh, a dude picking up his brand new cb 1100f in japan tokyo and uh, japanese people are smaller than we are and you look at the motorcycle and it's obviously a lot tightened up from the old cb 1100 fs that we had so it's it looks tighter the shape of it, it's really nice the lines flow but boy that tank still looks the same way that we remember it uh a lot about that bike more of that bike is the same
0: kind of looks like a nighthawk tank
1: it is it's in that same yeah, that same little... family it's not head-on i was never appreciative of the 80s bikes the early 80s bikes no I, I i don't it like didn't do anything for me but there's a generation of people that are younger than me that love that right or that guys really dig that-
2: it older than us that mm-hmm. had those that
1: bikes. had them when their first time and around
2: like oh I sold it when I had my first grandkid and yeah. in the in the mid seven or mid 80s and uh but they're just getting back into biking now they'd say I mean there's an honest to God market for them yeah and they're it's a ten thousand dollar bike Maxima's and right you know Nighthawks the and,
1: other one is uh and this is something you're gonna have to do a little digging on but they have a CB1000 and the CB1000 is an Italian made Honda. And for a lot of people that haven't been paying attention, there are some really nice Italian-made Hondas. And they're built in a Honda factory in Italy. And we are not scheduled to get this CB1000 uh, or CBR1000.
0: (laughs) Ever? Yeah. And (laughs) it's a shame
1: because it is also another bike that is 1,000 CCs. It's 122 horsepower.
2: Which is a shitload. Which
1: is a shitload. And it's Italian... Engineered. It is suspension, suspension, suspension and power. It's a beautiful bike. Take a look at it. CBR 1000. Uh, This is from Honda in Italy. It is not a Japanese made Honda. It is sexy as hell. It's more of a street fighter look. Than the CB. Well, and it's a shame because yeah. there
2: would easily be a market for those bikes here.
1: Yeah. Which they will probably come to Well, now, realize is, is at that more point. of a crotch rocket? It is. It's yeah. definitely more of a crotch rocket. It's definitely more of a sport bike, albeit yeah. a naked one. Uh, the reviews for it are fantastic. Now, I have heard from good sources that it will be available in the US, but it's going to be such a small production number, like such a small number going to come to America that. It probably won't get the push at your local dealership, right. but if you really wanted to get one, you, you probably can. Yeah. yeah, Probably can. The reviews on it are fantastic. It's another bike that's going to be in that neighborhood of $10,000. So, Which is an awesome
2: price point. It, it
1: really is an awesome price point for as much bike as you're getting. When you are comparing it, and they did, the couple of reviews that I read uh, from Bike Magazine in the UK are saying that when you compare it against Ducati's, and bikes that it should be compared against for its horsepower, for its handling and everything else, for about half the money
2: It's in the same class. You're
1: getting a well better bike. Right. A really, really better bike. A bike you can ride harder, a bike that isn't gonna cost you as much to maintain, that has the suspension, it has everything that a guy who rides a sport bike rides a leader-class sport bike is going to be looking for.
2: Well, the problem now is, like, there's not much choice. You either got a full race, you know, factory race bike, or you got the touring version. Mm -hmm. There's not a a good in-between bike.
1: A good, amazing standard. Right. Right.
2: So it's like one or the other, but that's good because they're seeing that there's a niche market for that.
1: We saw last year and the year before, we started to see uh, the resurgence of the Scrambler. Scramblers, The Triumph Scramblers. What about Scramblers, man? And... What did we do? Okay, for years, we've been taking CL350s, and we've been taking those scrambler pipes off and hanging them on the wall, and scramblers have become the new cool. Right. Right. People love and the, scramblers. The, those pipes are like worth gold. Yeah, now. they are. They're you know they're not easy to get in the aftermarket. They're not easy to find anywhere. So people that have those pipes hanging in the garage, the girl with the dragon tattoo, John
2: McElfresh.
1: That's right. That's, yeah, <laughs> I've got a couple of them hanging around. We're building a girl with the dragon tattoo uh, tribute bike right now. Blacked out CB three hundred and sixty or CL three hundred and sixty scrambler. She had a three hundred and fifty. Yeah. Well, this is what we got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, okay. What, that's what exists in there. Yeah. The, uh... yeah. That's, that's what I got in my garage, and it's got 600 miles on it from the factory, and it's already black. So uh, somebody nice. did it. Somebody did it the disservice of painting over a perfectly good uh bike with black. black. So we're gonna if go. They're
0: gonna fuck it up already.
1: We're gonna go dragon tattoo yeah. on it, man, and it's gonna. sell It'll work good. It'll be a nice bike to have around.
0: You gotta be in the bike show. This
1: the Triumph Scrambler and the Steve McQueen edition and the big thing now here's what blew me away the other day i'm reading uh some of our updates from moto guzzi moto guzzi is bringing out a v7 scrambler and really yeah exactly with the high pipes with the high pipes damn i know and as much as you want to go really a v twin sideways scrambler yeah well they have no intention of these bikes ever getting dirty the tires that come on it are these. Uh, uh, everybody's got a different version of it, but it's a it's a very much street tire that looks all gnarly.
2: It's like a forty sixty. Uh, yeah,
1: it, yeah, it's definitely a sixty forty. A, yeah, sixty forty, maybe even an 80, 20, yeah. 80 street, twenty dirt. But it looks dead sexy with the high pipes on it. I don't think you're ever going to be able to put a passenger on the back. Uh, unless keep they are a single amputee. <laughs> 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 yeah, unless they only have one leg to start with, because their right leg's getting burned off, baby. Uh, that bike, it's gorgeous. Uh, and I'm not even a scrambler guy. I'm not a huge scrambler guy, but this thing looks fucking fantastic. The uh, V7 Cafe Racer, the new chrome one, came out with a single fuel injector. We've got them at the store. I've ridden them. They are better than last year's Cafe Racer with the dual fuel injectors. They uh, don't have an Enrichner circuit anymore. They have the stepper for the fuel injector. It's closed loop system, so it's right on the money. There's definitely more power there. They found some more horses. They found some more torques. It pulls harder, and that bike still fits like a glove. You can't ask for a bike that fits better than that thing. And for some people complain, they're like, "Oh well, that 750 doesn't have as much mon- doesn't have as much motor as the Triumph 900." You're right it doesn't you're absolutely right but it's also damn near 80 pounds lighter it fits fantastic and the suspension man for a thousand dollars price difference between the v7 classic or special or stone or whatever you know whichever iteration you want to compare it between that and the racer all the billet rear sets which are geniusly laid out and completely adjustable for everything and the suspension, which is insane. There's way more than $1,000 worth of gear there. Well,
2: n- not just that, you also have the, the painted frame. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, it's sexy.
2: The, what a good looking the, the bike. Cr- uh, chrome accented tank.
1: The chrome tank is one of the nicest chrome jobs I've ever seen on a big I tank.
2: I've never been a big chrome guy, yeah. and I'm not a shiny, flashy, chromey kind of dude. Yeah. When I saw that tank. Yeah. I was like, I'd put that on it's any, amazing. any one of my bikes. And
1: it's 5.8 gallons. So it's you could ride from tank. here to forever yeah, that's on one tank, tank of gas. For a fuel-efficient bike to have a 5.8-gallon tank is amazing. Yeah, that's so
2: a pretty good range. Pretty
1: smart move. I think on their part, really good idea, because we've all been riding motorcycles that can go 105 miles between fill-ups, and this is 200. 250 miles, <laughs> you know, 300 miles on a fill-up. So that's pretty cool. We have a customer, one of our a great customer of ours, who's just been through like, uh, they had a Super Hawk, an old Super Hawk, a CB four hundred and fifty F, our CB four uh, hundred and fifty Twin Twin that we built for him, full cafe, beautiful bike, uh, one of the <laughs> nicest original bikes that we kind of re- reluctantly made it into a cafe.
0: Yeah. Put was that the one we got from Mid Ohio? Yeah, was, yeah like was, two years ago. Mm, okay, yeah. Yeah, there like it was pop- a blue one.
1: Powder blue. Yeah, oh, the blue one. The blue one. Yeah. And it was just a bike. gorgeous. And
0: Excellent
1: it was so bike. clean, so factory preserved that we said, look, man.
2: Let us build you a cafe. Let us build you a cafe, <laughs> but let's
1: take all your original parts and put them in boxes. Yeah. So we found him other fenders to cut up. We found him other stuff to destroy to build this cafe for him. And he loves it. Loves the bike. So mm-hmm. he comes to me the other day and he's like, I have, um, I got to talk to you. I want a bike. I'm like, well, what do you want? So he kind of rattled off to James and me what he really wanted. And what it came down to is the bike that he wanted is an Indian, a new Indian. Now, those are now Polaris. And now, uh, Indian has been through a number of hands, right. and it hasn't ended well for a lot of people.
2: Many times. Many times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you got an Indian, huh? Who, who made it? Yeah. <laughs> was a, well,
2: it's like right. an AMF Harley. You think, think
1: Harley. you might be able to get parts for that bike. I British don't know. Leland Mini. M- or... a, a North Carolina Indian. <laughs> yeah. so, it, uh, it may have actually been made in India. And it was a British guy, too, that was, uh, yeah, and some of the Indians were actually Royal Enfields. The, uh, so what he wants is this Indian, and I go to their website because I'm curious. The entry level Indian, the Indian standard, and they have uh, four models. They have the Indian standard, they have the Indian dark, which is the standard but flat blackish. Entry level Indian, go ahead, 24,000. I was going
2: to say 14 to 15. No,
1: 24 7. Wow. Naked. Wow. Would you like the saddlebags? Those are $2,000. Would you like the, the bracket? Out. Yeah, would you like the bracket to hold the saddlebags? Another 500. Twenty five hundred to put bags on your bike. Wow, they're beautiful bags. I'm but for sure twenty five hundred, they fucking better well be. Now the next version up of that bike—that's the stripper, by the way. That's the that's the entry level so twenty four seven for the yeah naked. You want the full on Indian Limited Deluxe Vintage Package, which is the other way you can order it. That's thirty seven thousand oh, dollars. So you know it's forty k out the door. So $40,000 for to get motorcycle. yourself a Polaris, and I'm sure it's fantastic. I don't spend that much on a car. I've bought houses I for less money. I don't spend that
2: much on three cars.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah I've <laughs> bought houses for less money. That's true, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I haven't spent that much yeah. on three cars either. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, so, and you've seen
2: the cars I drive.
0: Yeah. Fuck so that we know, shit. <laughs> we know
1: damn well at $40,000. So uh, he's got Indian fever. And now we're talking about the valanced fenders, the Art Deco look, and everything else. And so James and I are working real hard. And I'm a person that has no problem with Harley-Davidson's. I think that if you want to own a Harley-Davidson, you should. Because nobody does Harley-Davidson better than Harley-Davidson.
2: Than than a Harley, right. Right. And they're
1: they're well-built.
0: Nobody nobody makes loud, fast, and slow better than (laughs) (laughs) Harley-Davidson. Right.
1: And... (laughs) And I'm totally okay with that. And I am that's from cool. that school no, of like, fine. if you want to ride a Harley, that's your thing. Ride a fucking Harley. Right. The other day, I had to drive a giant Suzuki, an M90 or whatever the hell it was, and it's a Repla Harley. Mm-hmm. And I'm riding it down the road. And it's not a Harley. It's not a Harley. Right. And it sure looks like one. And it sure sounds kind of like one. Right. And it sure feels like one. And you're driving a giant tank of a motorcycle that is a sensory deprivation vehicle. And the whole time I'm sitting there riding it, I felt more Mm. shitty. I felt like more of a poser. I don't even own this bike. There's
2: no connection to the bike.
1: Right. There's no connection to the bike. There's no, I'm riding an authentic Harley. I'm riding a replica. And I don't like riding a replica. Right. I would rather ride the original article, especially when we're talking about, if it's just money... You can buy a nine thousand dollar Harley Davidson well, as long as it's your money. Oh, exactly, geez. right, right. <laughs> yeah. So riding a nine thousand dollar replica Harley to me seems just wrong. Right. So we, I, I discuss getting a, a, you know, a Heritage Softail. I discuss getting uh, maybe a Moto Guzzi California. He wants something that isn't Harley. He specifically said he does not, not want Harley. a Harley Davidson. Okay, good. That's fine. Give me some information. So I suggest the Moto Guzzi and, you know, a California. They're beautiful. They have the look, the Art Deco look, but they're not a Harley. And you'll be kind of the only kid in town that has one. Still not good enough. And he likes that. So, but it's not really what he wants. And he keeps coming back to, I love that style of the old Indian. I have a guilty pleasure motorcycle. There's a guilty pleasure motorcycle that I will usually not tell people that I like. 56 panhead. Not me, baby. No, I like to ride them. No, no. I I like, yeah. Uh, The bike that I like, and I won't tell people that I like, is the Kawasaki, 10 years ago, did a bike called the Drifter. And they did the Drifter. It's a Vulcan. And they did the Drifter in an 800 package, and they did it in a 1500 package. Their 800 motor was very sophisticated. Very sophisticated motor. Uh, the fifteen hundred was for the guys that are size, you know, size queens. Big dudes. They, they just want to know that their bike's fifteen hundred. Yeah. The 800s totally getting the job done. But these things are balanced, and if you, and this is kind of the way I think about it, one percent of the people on the planet ride motorcycles. One percent of those people know what an Indian Roadmaster or an Indian chief even is. But a lot of people, when they see that picture or that Norman Rockwell drawing of the Indian with all of its fucking bags and studs.
2: flared fenders. Yeah,
1: man, they know that. That bike is iconic. And they identify the shape. No other motorcycles ever had fenders like that. They just see it and they know it and it makes them happy. And Kawasaki did a better job of building a tribute to that motorcycle than anybody ever has, including the new guys that own the name Indy. Like
2: you said, a tribute. Yeah, a tribute. They didn't try to reinvent the wheel. No. They said, okay, this is this bike. We can build that. We
1: can build it. And we can make it reliable and usable and fun. So it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I've never owned one. I've ridden a couple of them. They're kind of cool. I do vaguely remember them. Yeah. The drifter. But they went over like a fart in church. They didn't sell a lot of them in America, so they pulled well, it. Well,
2: because at mm-hmm. the time, too, I mean, if you weren't buying a Harley, you shouldn't be riding anything else.
1: That's true. That's you an know? excellent description. That's why
2: they couldn't
1: sell the yeah, bike Yeah, they here. didn't sell well. Right. They didn't move. They were kind of expensive. So I talked to him about this bike, and I shoot him some pictures of these bikes and instantly they couldn't
0: have been harley expensive though well they weren't you're right they weren't harley yeah. expensive but, but the they point was they At the weren't hard and for
1: a few bucks more a guy that wanted a harley got a harley because these were expensive for japanese but if you bought
0: one of those you didn't have to spend like 40 dollars per black t-shirt yeah that, that's true too that you, you didn't necessarily buy. have to own a bunch and of black shirts there
2: were t-shirts. a lot less tassels
0: yeah yeah true Akin
1: <laughs> <laughs> didn't make as many chrome parts for it so I showed him some pictures of a drifter, and he freaking—he had the same visceral reaction that I do. Yeah. When I see it, I'm like, damn, that's good. It hit him in the heart. And they made it easy to take the Kawasaki logos off of it. They made it easy to make it very nondescript. Nobody's name on this bike. Nothing is cast into the cases. Right. And in the process of hunting down information for him, eh, what the hell, I'll look on eBay. There's a dude in Burton selling... Of course, it's Burgundy, because Bert, that's Ohio. what color Indians were. Burton, okay. Ohio, not damn far from here.
2: Jagger County.
1: Jaga County. There's a guy selling one on eBay, eBay Classifieds for $4,000. 3,600 original miles. Comes with a $600 Leo Vinci performance exhaust. Nice. Comes with a Barnett Competition clutch already in it. And it's got 3,600 miles on it. Beautiful. For four grand. Damn. Now, I call my buddy up, and I tell him, Not only did I help you find the bike you like, but I'm going to put it in your driveway in less than five days for $4,000. Yeah. He was looking at $27,000 Indians. Minimum to get in the game. To get in the game. (laughs) right?
2: And he's got the same bike with Japanese
1: engineering. With Japanese engineering. Yep, thank you. And then not saying there's anything going to be wrong with the Indians made by Polaris because Polaris built some beautiful, amazing machines. Yeah, Polaris is okay. They have the reliability down to a science and that's great. I'd
2: rather ride one of their snowmobiles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or or, or one of
1: their four-wheelers. Or a watercraft. Or (laughs) a watercraft or whatever. So I'm so so happy that my man's got a $4,000 bike That's going to rock his world. And how many bikes
2: he bought off us now? Four. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a great... He's a comeback He's a comeback kid. Yeah. Keep him happy. Keep him happy. Make him see... And if he doesn't love it, he's out four, and he'll probably sell it for more than that. Right. Because it's a beautiful bike. Right. And as much as I hate to say it, I would probably take this bike. You'd which probably is buy
2: it off him. So nondescript. <laughs> if he wants to sell it, I'll yeah, probably buy it, it off it'll him. It'll end up in the Phil Waters yeah, collection. Just so I can have it because it's
1: not overly done. The back end swoops down the way it should. Right. It doesn't have the king and queen seat right. on it. It doesn't have tons of like chrome oh, you mean, and crap. I mean, there's no cigarette lighter. Right. There's no, no ra- cigarette no lighter. Radio. There's not and- a seven foot tall windshield yeah. on it. Yeah, and I was looking at it, I was like, man, you know, now that I've been hunting for him, I'm kind the of wishing I know, maker. One, yeah. So I'm definitely going to... Part of this deal is going to be, I'm not going to charge him anything for finding him his buddy. <clears throat> Just because we're, you know, I want him to be happy, but by God, I'm going to get to ride that bike a few times. Because I want... I think I need to hate it. I have a feeling I'm not. I have a feeling I'm going to be like...
2: Well, you've never ridden one?
1: Well, you've I've never... have seen them. I've ridden... When they first came out, I rode one. A buddy of mine bought one. I rode it. I was I was okay with it. And then a couple of years ago, I don't even remember. But you
2: were probably still in your crotch rocket phase. At the,
1: I was pretty, at pretty that heavy point. into the crotch rockets yeah. at that time. So, But a couple of uh, years ago, maybe I don't know if you were working with us then, but we took in on trade a Vulcan 800 that was red and black, that was cherry, I mean, like 2,800 miles on the bike. And I rode it around a little bit. Because we had a for sale sign on it, and we yeah. weren't looking to make any money. We just traded it in. We were going to trade it out for like 24, 2500 bucks. Right. I remember when you had that. And I, yeah, I rode it over yeah. here once. I rode it out to my brother's place in, Ch- in Chesterland. I, so I, I
0: laughed at you for riding it over here. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I took some
1: shit for riding that bike, and that was the Vulcan Classic. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. It was more of a, but it, it was engi- a soft tail.
2: Engineering, though, even yeah. I mean. There's something to be said for the Japanese engineering. It
1: pulled like a freight train. They don't shifted miss great.
2: a fucking beat.
1: Yeah. It did everything it was supposed to do, and it looked like a Harley while doing it. And like mm-hmm. you said, they yeah. run like a Swiss fucking watch. Uh-huh. So that's the interesting tidbit. Guilty pleasure admission. Go Google it. Look up a Kawasaki drifter and say, "What is this fucking douchebag on about?" Oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? I wouldn't make a planner out of that thing.
2: And then ride one.
1: And then and then ride one. Maybe you'll love it. Maybe you won't love yeah. it. Maybe it's going to handle like a you know a bag of overstuffed marshmallows. Well, I don't know. There's
2: different bikes, but it different looks times. cool. I mean, if I want to get on a bike and go two hundred, two hundred fifty miles, I'm sure as hell not going to do it on a bike. Yeah. that I've got a monoshock. <laughs> A, a steel seat pan and uh, you know and it's and an overbore and cafe bar or clip on bars, oh man! Because you're just not going to do it. No, but to get on a bike like that and go, okay, I'm going to go two, 250, it's 300 right. miles. A it's going to be
1: awesome. It's going to yeah, be yeah, great. It totally, yeah. is. I rode the Royal Enfield Custom to Kevin Moore's house for the burn up. And that day, total, that day I did about two hundred and forty miles, two hundred and fifty miles.
2: And your back was jet. I got rained on.
1: <laughs> I was so fucking hurt, yeah. man. Like I know that bobber the bobbers look cool. They're bar hoppers. But God <laughs> they hurt. God my back was bad. in bad shape. Uh I got poured on. There was no weather protection. I got every ounce it's of water there. that fell out of the sky was in my pockets yeah. on my iphone it's all out uh, there it was miserable did you even have a front fender no hell no i did no. The band- i did the bandana trick for the yeah. front fender 21 nice. inch front wheel 21 inch front wheel holds no about fender. a gallon and a half of water at a time the <laughs> 21 inch wheel takes a gallon of water puts it six feet out in front of you so you can blast through it at 60 miles an hour it just Excellent. suspends water per- perpetually in front of your face uh, it is not the bike for a rainy day. That is, it is
2: not a miserable. At all.
1: Yeah, so I'm so glad we got to talk to you guys again. I know that's been a little while. We appreciate you hanging around and keeping track of us. Once again, I'm going to do the same plea that I do every freaking podcast. Get on your iTunes. Leave us a review. I don't care if it's a bad one. Uh, leave us a review. That's what keeps us going. Send us an email. Uh, you found us. That means go to Cleveland Moto. Uh, What's the Cleveland Moto Blogspot address, if you want to filter through? That
0: would be Mm clevelandmoto.blogspot.com.
1: Go to the Cleveland Moto website. It's straight up, clevelandmoto.com. You're going to find a link on there to get you to the blog to get you to the podcast or st- go straight through your iTunes. You can get the podcast there. Uh, we've been bringing it to you at the same price since the day we started. It's free. We free. pay for the bandwidth. We pay for the bandwidth.
0: We, we do. Yeah. We pay well, for you it. You do.
1: Yeah. I pay for it so you guys can enjoy it. So please listen to it and then sit there and f- just fucking write stuff down and be like, Oh God, you were so wrong. And then send us an nasty email. Because we love that. Bitch to us,
0: yeah. Bitch that to takes us. Explain to us. It does take Split some. Put a effort. little effort. In I would it. love to see people
1: putting a little bit of effort into something. a little something. bit of effort. Tell Be- us
0: some shit we fucked up, right. and we will fix it. Yeah, on the next we'll podcast. Fix it. Yeah, we'll bring it back to you. The uh, and the the call goes
1: out. We are always looking for that weird project bike. Uh, John, totally. what did John talk about? The uh, Yamaha XV nine twenty. That's a Virago. A Virago yeah. 920, a they really make pretty good big V twin. And we keep hearing that they make pretty good cafes. And they have the uh, the box swing arm and a monoshock. Yeah. Right, so they're, you right know, out of the gate. Yeah, there's some weird shit out there yeah. that we would love to see uh, Franken biked. Uh, so get hot on that.
0: Well, I mean, I'll throw it out there. Just give me, give me a challenge.
1: Yeah. Oh, challenge please me. Challenge please
0: us. challenge me. Uh, I did make make me have a bike in my garage <laughs> right now <laughs> that
2: Phil <laughs> Waters paid for. Yeah.
0: That that, make that, Phil that go buy a dumb <laughs> bike so Dustin can build that, it. That Phil's paying for, and then I have Dang, to fucking do really water. crazy shit too. Yep. Amen. Make it happen. I'll do it. There. Uh, and then in the uh,
1: follow through. Just in the keep it alive category, right now, we are heading in. When this podcast drops, for 60% of America, it's going to be cold. For 60% of America, it's going to be cold out. It's already cold. It's already cold. We got nothing but winter in front of us to sit out in the garage and build awesome bikes. The reason this isn't a video, the reason we do this is so you can listen to this as a little bit of spark, as a little bit of motivation to get your ass out in your garage, get away from your yelling, screaming children.
2: Spill some gas in your socks. Spill,
1: <laughs> yeah, Make your garage smell real bad. yeah, Make your garage smell real bad. Uh, the tip of the week, the tech tip of the week, this is, this is one I'm, I'm just giving this one to you. This okay. is free. This is do for it. all my friends. When you wrap your headers... Wrap them wet, wrap them tight, always wet, Okay, and make sure, before you fire that bike up for the first time, you open the fucking garage door. (laughs) Oh, God. Those things smell so bad. The smell that you're going to get, and they look sexy, and it's all cool, and it's a great way to hide ugly pipes. They they smell like donuts. For the first three or four times you run that bike, it is going to be stink spectacular
2: you won't have any mice in your garage no the-
1: <laughs> well ventilated <laughs> garages that's my tech tip of the week i think they smell like baking donuts do they no yeah. man mine smell rotten my, my, mine mine might smell fiberglass like, mine hot smell fiberglass man sweet. we wrapped the set today i still got black under my fingernails yeah. the itchy it's itchy i'm i'm, I'm a mess yeah. but seriously Please do not try to run those indoors. You'll die. Open the garage door, man. None of that is good for you. That is the truth. That's the tech tip of the week, man. All right. Thanks, guys. We're signing
0: off. Thank you for listening to Cleveland Moto. If you have comments or topic suggestions, you can leave them at our blog at www.clevelandmoto.blogspot.com or visit our website at www.clevelandmoto.com.